This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello, and thanks for listening to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider visiting my website at josephscrimshaw.com. From there, you can sign up for my fan list, find out about upcoming shows, and look at a picture of me dressed as a squirrel. Plus, you can also buy my book, Comedy of Doom. People are saying things like, Comedy of Doom by Joseph Scrimshaw, a book that will get you laid and prevent you from dying. (laughs) And of course, Comedy of Doom? Jesus Christ! Holy fuck! You can also purchase my comedy album, Verbing the Noun. People are saying things like, Verbing the Noun made me feel strange, but also good. And, Also, I understand that most commercials rely on sex to sell things, so here are some sex noises. Oh, 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 oh my god. Okay, Okay, baby, I'm coming. All right, okay. Get off my hair! Okay, okay, okay. Hang on, hang on. Fuck, I'm coming. Ah, ah, ah! I'm sorry. Thanks again, and enjoy Obsessed. Thank you all very much for coming to Obsessed and making loud, whooping noises. Uh, for our episode tonight, we have a random audience volunteer, and his name is Tane. Hi. Hi, Tane. What's your, what's your last name? My name's Tane Danger. Tane Danger. And, and because I know of you a little bit, you're, uh, that is your real name, correct? That, this is my real name, Tane Danger. And you must answer that question all the time, right? I do. I do answer that question all the time. It's uh, it's Polynesian, and as you can see, and people who are listening to the podcast can obviously see, I am very Polynesian. Now I'm I'm a very much a Midwesterner type looking person, but my parents were hippies up until the point that they named me, and then they quit. Right. So that explains Tane. Yes. That does not explain the more interesting part danger. of danger. I have no idea what my ancestors were doing when they came to this country that the immigration services felt that they had to label them as such. <laughs> that they needed to put some sort of big danger label on them before they were allowed to walk through this country. And so do you anything. think it was your ancestors' behavior at Ellis Island that got them labeled danger? Okay, I'll just tell you briefly that my <laughs> mother's maiden name is Soldner which I always thought was really boring growing up. Like, well, why wouldn't you just... Because she kept Soldner as her name. And I was like, why wouldn't you just keep Danger as the when you got married? And then I had a German... Uh, stu- there was a German exchange student in our high school who was like, oh my gosh, your name is Soldner. That means mercenary in German. So now half wow. my family were mercenaries and the other half were labeled as Danger. <laughs> and there is just... And I feel like I've let everyone down. No. I don't th- I think it's a great name. I, I would imagine any time that you tell people your name that they just hear some sort of spy theme music in their head. It's true. People say to me, like, oh, you must be like a secret agent or a spy. And for a while I was like, haha, yeah. And then after a while I thought, oh, but I'm not. Aww. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous that you would introduce yourself. As Tane Danger. And then they would say, are you a spy? Sure. Yes. Yeah, well, that's ridiculous. Oh, cover blown So, again. Uh, Tane, tell me a little bit about what you do. Sure. I, I'm an I'm a improviser and a performer. 
uh, in the Twin Cities, and I do uh, a show called The Theater of Public Policy, which brings to life uh, serious issues through, we, we talk to a very smart person, similar to this show, and then we have a team of improvisers uh, who, who bring the ideas and big issues to life. So we'll talk to somebody about something really sexy, like the farm bill, <laughs> or tax policy, or education reform, and then there's a team of improvisers who unpack it all and bring it to life. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and you're, so with that, you're aiming for to be both uh, uh, educational and entertain, entertaining, yeah. right? Exactly. It's, Hopefully, people are able to, you know, listen to a big conversation like that and actually have fun with it for a little while, right? Like that we can we can have really difficult conversations like that and yet still laugh at them together, whether or not we agree with them or not. Yeah, because I mean, it's really cathartic to laugh at the farm bill, right? It is. You, you got to let it, it out somehow. I mean, it's hilarious. <laughs> and since you since you brought up uh, your appearance and your ancestry, could you just describe for the listening people what you feel you look like? Yeah. I don't know. This is is this therapy? What are no, we see, doing right now? No, see, here's the thing. So I, sometimes <laughs> sometimes I do the the podcast with people I already know, sure. and sometimes I do uh, the the podcast with audience volunteers, and sometimes they're not people who are performers. Right. But since you're a performer, I can take risks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like asking you to physically describe yourself okay. in front of a room full of strangers. Okay. So uh, I am. I, I think that I'm approximately six foot one. I'm going to start off really dry. So I'm approximately six foot one and about 170 pounds, and I have uh, slightly blondish hair and blue eyes. And then uh, I think that I have a very re somebody just recently told me that I have like the same face that I had in third grade, except for like I feel like uh, the you know bags of worry under my eyes. But other than that, I think that I have pretty much a similar face as that. So you think you look like a worried third grader. Which I was. <laughs> I was worried all the time. So it's become true. Okay, so the listening audience can picture that. Yes. That's awesome. awesome. Imagine me staring helplessly out into a dark audience. Dane danger, stressed out third grader. Uh, so your, uh, your obsession is... Peter Pan. Is yes, that what you that's wrote what on I wrote your, down. Yeah. Your slip? Okay, so tell me about Peter Pan. Well, I wrote this down. This was like this was probably the first story that I ever really got interested in. As I think probably a lot of kids really like uh, identify with Peter Pan. But then I, I think I went back and I read it as I got older, and it's like one of the most amazing stories that's ever been written. I feel like, and I feel like it doesn't get appreciated as more than a children's story often. <clears throat> So Peter Pan has all these wonderful things built into it, right? Like it's got obviously man versus man with Peter versus Captain Hook. It's got man versus time with trying to age. Man versus himself with the idea that, you know, Wendy's growing up and she's having to deal with that. Man versus nature with Hook versus the, alley, or the crocodile. Uh, it's got every sort of good story archetype built into it that you would want. And it identifies across all these things. I also love it for the fact that J.M. Barrie, who, who wrote it, the Scottish novelist who wrote it at the turn of the century, was just the absolute perfect person to write it. He grew up in a situation where I believe it was his older brother died just a little bit before he did. And his mother was just distraught by that and just it wrecked the rest of her life. And so she basically kept J.M. Barry as like a like she never let him grow up, right? Like she kind of preserved him and never really let him go off on his own. She 
she coddled him and kept him inside the house. And then he ends up growing up and writing a book about uh, a child who never grows up. And I think that it is fascinating for all of those reasons. Cool. You're really good. See, I can tell uh, like how, how obsessed people are based on how they go, how long they talk after the first question. <laughs> And that was, that was Thank awesome. Thank you, everyone. That's that, my no, that's not, that's not an insult at all. Sometimes people are like, I, I don't know. I just like it. I'm like, yes. okay, let's well, go from there. Well, that's you. you know, uh, yeah, like so it. you've obviously given it a lot of thought. So it first came into your... When did you first read it? How old were you? I don't... I, oh, gosh. I don't know. I, I, rem, I mean, I think probably, again, like a lot of people, I saw like the Disney movie version first, which now... I detest because it screws <laughs> up so many like really cool things about it. Like there's really supposed to be interesting parts about it. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get weird here, but there's supposed to be parts about it that are like Peter Pan and Wendy have a weird like sexual tension that's supposed to happen. And I think that's clear in the Disney versions. I'm gonna let the audience in. I do not I do not think that the the because it's supposed you to You need to bring your imagination to Peter Pan. <laughs> That's one of the lessons of I Peter Pan. I will, have imagination. I will give you that I think that Tinkerbell and Peter Pan have some sexual tension in the Disney version. But the whole thing with Wendy is, you know, as, as we know, girls develop faster than men. I don't know how much time we have, but we can like, bring out charts. <laughs> I don't think you need to explain that part of it. I think that, I so think they have that part of it Wendy down. is a little bit more mature than Peter, and she's looking for something more than Peter is in this particular case. Right. And so she is trying to deal with, she's trying to reconcile the, that fact with the fact that Peter just wants to play make-believe all the time. And, you know, she wants to dance. <laughs> His eyes sparkled in the lights when he said that. It was beautiful. Okay, so how how has it impacted your life? Obviously, you know a lot about it. You've given it a lot of thought. But how how is your life different? Like, sure. if you had never read or or watched any Peter Pan, I how would you people, be different? I call people a codfish with regularity, uh, which is an insult that comes up often in Peter Pan. I, I, I don't know. Like, part of this, I feel like, is... Let, let me go back for that. Okay, when codfish. You, when, when you call someone a codfish... They don't know what that means. Yeah. No you, one's ever met a codfish. Do you explain it? I... No, because I don't... I don't continue conversations usually after I insult someone. Do so, you? So this is your drop-the-mic moment when you're yeah. really pissed off? Codfish. Like, and you just... You walk away. Yeah. So do you, but do you say it in a joking, sort of, this is an ironic yeah. way, or do you, are you really pissed? Are you like, you fucking no, codfish! I don't, I don't get really... I don't get that pissed at people. Like, that would be very pissed. Like, to actually think that, that to try and put someone into the body of a codfish, that would be, that would be so much anger. I don't have that. So you're thinking about Inside it as an actual wish of transfiguration when you yes. call somebody a codfish. What you mean is you should become a fucking codfish. Yes. I, or that you are a codfish and that it is, you know, the universe's obligation to put you into that body now. <laughs> So, so you're making a declaration about who people are. Yes. Wow. So, I mean, what do you do when you curse people? I, I passive-aggressively walk away and then swear at my wife about them, like, like a healthy person. Uh, what was the question that led us into talking about codfish? How, how, it's, how it's impacted your life. Oh, how it's and impacted my life. Example. So I think that it's, it's challenging because I think that I myself was born an old man. As we talked about, like I was a worried third grader. Mm -hmm. And I think that I will be a very, very successful old person someday. And I've just never felt terribly comfortable. Yeah, being... I, need, I need clarification on that. Okay. Will you be successful when you're an older person or you, will you be really good at being old? I will be, I will 
be very good at being old. I will be Walter Matthau. Like, I'm just waiting <laughs> for the day that I can just walk out on my lawn and people will be like, that's where he belongs. And you'll be saying, get off my lawn, you codfish. Exactly. And, uh, but so I struggle with the fact that I, I could very much be uh, a very solid, good old person, but I don't, uh, and so the idea of eternal youth, that doesn't necessarily even appeal to me. Mm -hmm. So that part of it is challenging. Like I, I, I know people who cling, I just had a very good friend who had her birthday on Thursday and you know, she's distraught over it having been her birthday and she's another year older and this kind of stuff. And I don't know, that kind of stuff doesn't, that, that doesn't bother me nearly as much. Uh, so I don't, I, I don't know, but I, I think about it a lot. I right, guess. so yeah. you, you've, you've uh, absorbed these deep themes yeah. of Peter Pan and they're helping you actually reflect yes. on your life. That's yes. awesome because you gave me two great examples and one was just calling people codfish and the other was it helps me reflect about the nature of life and aging. Yes, exactly. The And that's exactly, I'm sure, what the Disney movie wants children to be doing is reflecting on the nature of aging and death. And buying shit. And buying yeah. shit. Shit. So uh, I have some questions about kind of your level of obsession. Okay. I'm always interested... Uh, when I talk to different people... Is this people, like a magazine quiz? Will there be like a tally at the end of this to no, tell no. me if I have like a problem? No, I mean, you can look back and decide for yourself whether I, or not you have a problem or okay. not. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do this as a kind of lightning round. There are many questions. Are you ready? Got it. Do you think about Peter Pan every day? No. Okay. You look, you look like you're thinking. You have a thinking phase. I do have a thinking phase. I'm just trying to... I mean... There's very few things that I think about every day. There's probably some days, I, I'm thinking about this very literally. I might be sick some days, and then all I'm thinking about <laughs> is the fact that I'm sick. Or I might be thinking about, I don't know, John Denver for an entire day, and then I don't think about anything other than John Denver that day. But I, okay, to I think- clarify for the listening audience. There was a John Denver show in this theater I, earlier. I, there was. There was a John Denver show. There was a John Denver earlier in this theater. Uh, Not in, in this show. theater. There was a John Denver. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so no, I probably think about it. I, I definitely would say I think about it every week at least. Okay. Yeah. Like, you've got an alert on your smartphone. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. Like, have you thought about this today? Excellent. Google Calendar reminder. Okay, so the next question is, have you spent money on it? Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And I've actually looked before on spending a lot more money on it. Uh, I've looked online before at, you know, original, like, first edition copies of uh, uh, Peter Pan and things like that. But as we established, I am a performer for a living. <laughs> and so I also like to be able to eat once a week. Right. So. The farm bill, I'm sure. The farm yes. bill improv pays well. Big bucks. Um, would you wear Peter Pan-based underwear? Is that a way you would express your interest in I the subject? I feel like that's rude to Peter Pan. Really? Yeah. But people put things that they love on their underwear all the time. Yeah, but but they didn't ask the person that they're putting on their underwear if they wanted that. So you I feel would, like I'll, it would I'll, be... I'll answer it this way. I would put J.M. Barry underwear on before I put on Peter Pan underwear. So you would rather... <laughs> Scot the Scottish novelist. You would rather hide your junk with a real person than, than Peter Pan. I think, well, keep in mind again also that Peter Pan is about a 10-year-old boy and I'm already on several probably watch lists. I don't need that one. <laughs> okay. Do you wear any character underwear anytime? I don't think so. 
I'm not. I, I mean, I could check now, but it's a podcast, and no one would believe me. If, but I'm going to just say no. All right, fair enough. Uh, would you get a tattoo of Peter Pan? I don't believe in tattoos. Period. <laughs> you don't. Do you think they're morally wrong? No, I just think that there should be no part of a person that is not changeable to some degree. So I just worry that you know, if someday you needed to like just flee the country or change your identity entirely, if you had a tattoo, that would be a huge hurdle to doing that. You are living up to the name Tane Danger with that answer, <laughs> if I need to flee the country. Um, would you be mean to your mom as a result of Peter Pan? Huh, that's interesting. My mother also uh, very much enjoys Peter Pan. Um, but if she said something you didn't like about Peter Pan... Oh, yeah, sure. You'd throw down? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's being mean, though. I mean, we have a good rhetorical... Repartee, so. But if she pushed you, if she said the book is shit in the Disney film is great, if she really pushed you, would you actually be mean? Would you cross that? We all know as human beings when we're mad, we know that we're crossing that line and we can't stop ourselves. Yeah. Do you think you'd, you'd get to that point with oh, your mom? sure. You don't? Even though she's a mercenary. Yes. <laughs> yes, even though she probably has family members who could kill me. But yes, sure. Okay, would you punch someone over Peter Pan? I feel like that that would be bad for me. I would, I'm not a good puncher. <laughs> Look at me. Well, what if you had friends holding someone down? So you're asking if I would torture someone over sure. Peter Pan. Yeah, let's just go all the way. Would I waterboard someone yeah. while calling them a codfish? Yeah. Would you attach electrodes to their junk and Which shock them? What kind of underwear are they wearing? J.M. Barry underwear. Then no! All right, fair enough. This, this is all making perfect sense to me. If Peter Pan was outlawed by our government, oh. would, you, would you fight against it? Oh, yeah. You Easy. would do little improv scenes in order to try to Thank change. Thank you for putting them as little. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. It's not as though improv gets belittled enough. It no. just needed that part, too. This is a little podcast that I do. Fair just, enough. It's, it's a cute way to describe things. It is adorable. Would you talk to Hitler about Peter Pan? <laughs> yes, I think that Hitler would probably... <laughs> yeah, of course I would. Hitler would probably really... I mean, because Peter Pan, I mean, from like illustrations that we have, would probably be very much an appreciated like member of the Aryan race, which I'm not saying is necessarily like a reason to like Peter Pan. I'm just saying if we were talking to Hitler for whatever reason, right. I don't know how I got in the bunker... Uh, am I Ava in this? See, the cool thing about this is I've asked a lot of people the Hitler question. You are the first person who has answered the question without first discussing the metaphysics. She's <laughs> like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, of course I would. And I think that he would probably like it. I mean, I feel like... <laughs> I think he would. I, I, yeah, I know. That's great. I'm, I'm yeah. laughing because it's very, very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> Hitler's going to talk about Peter Pan and he's going to like it. He is. going to waterboard him. Russians are coming into Berlin. we got to talk about something. <laughs> Just before you go, Hitler. Uh, okay, so the final thing I'm going to ask you is, is there something, is you, could you demonstrate your love of Peter Pan in some way? I mean, I know we're just, we're on a podcast and talking, but how, how would you want to express your love of Peter Pan for the ages. Oh, gosh. I have no idea. Uh, oh, well, okay. So the there's a couple obvious ones. Like, I could try and jump off a building and fly, which would just... That wouldn't really do anything for anybody. No. Uh, it'd be hilarious. And if I were holding the microphone appropriately, 
it would make good sound effects. <laughs> I feel like, okay, so we were talking about the, the Disney version and part of something that the Disney version uh, lets, uh, leaves out is the crowing that Peter Pan does, right? Like that's a big thing that he does in the, the play and the more traditional versions of it. And so Peter Pan crows. And I don't even totally understand exact. Like it's just a guttural sort of like a... No, why does he... Why do, when does he do that? He does it sort what? of uh, just... I, it's almost sort of like I, the closest thing I can think of to it is like a dead poet society like Yarg, like just yelling out, like <laughs> letting out like your uh, visceral sort of animal spirits in some ways. And so he does this regularly. And so the <laughs> I'm sure that he does it regularly. And I'm sure that Wendy wishes that he did it more often with her. And I... <laughs> I'm, that's true. I told you before. Like okay. it's weird sexual tension. So, yeah. uh, so I feel like okay. To if we were gonna do something that was immortalizing uh, this or, or doing it for the ages, we should have everyone crow simultaneously in the audience. Okay, let's do that. And then I have another idea B oh. based on your oh, crowing, which is great. My idea is shit. Apparently. No, no. We're already is, moving on to. The we're next doing idea. a little improv. It was yes and. Yes. Okay. So, yes, thank with, you. With the. Uh, would you, uh, on the count of three, okay. audience, will you will you crow in a mighty way? Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> it sounds like someone's just auto-tuned a normal woo. It's very it's very entertaining. Now, would you? Okay, since you you have brought up the idea that there is indeed sexual tension oh, yeah. between Peter Pan and Wendy, mm -hmm. and in fact that the, the that Wendy might want. Peter to crow. Oh sure. Could you could you pretend to be making love to nope. Wendy as Peter Pan and make the crow noises that he would make? No. Why not? That's I I, I don't want to know but you. I mean it's just that's such like a personal thing. I don't I mean we've I we know each other but that's just I don't yeah. I No, see now who is that personal to? To Peter Pan? Probably. And I mean wow. like you know if I ever were to, you know, role play as Peter Pan, which I'm not saying I do. <laughs> uh I just, I'm not, I'm not gonna. Is there any situation in which you would be comfortable pretending to crow as Peter Pan? If I had the right costume. It, well, you, you won't wear Peter Pan underwear. So. No, but if I had like a, I don't know, like a leaf tunic. Okay. I, I can't make that happen. But, <laughs> right, can you make this happen right this second? Damn it! Uh, okay, so I'll, I won't ask you to crow as Thank Peter you. Pan, but instead Thank crow you, as yourself. The audience has crowed for virtually no reason. <laughs> you are a very talented, uh, very it's successful true. person. You must have plenty to crow about. I can crow. I will. I did crow with the audience, but I can crow. I just don't. Well, what's something in your life that you've done that you're very proud of? Other than being on this podcast, <laughs> yes, this uh, little podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I'm just gonna. Cro we don't have to go into. No, my... I want context. You want context? Yeah, it, we're, um, we're role playing here. Joseph. This is that's just like an orc killing someone for no reason. You need to know why. <laughs> it's not interesting. Okay, uh, but t just tell me something you're proud of. Tell me something. Tell tell you something that I am proud of. Uh, can I tell you something that I will be proud of in the future? Sure. I am going to build a bird feeder. This is a great thing to crow about. The audience is on your side. So can we imagine that you have just completed your bird feeder? Yes. 
The first birds are flapping in. It's going to be a platform bird feeder. I have the wood at home right now and a saw. Okay. <laughs> you have wood. You're ready to grow. Just Thank you. go for it. Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you, Thank Tay. you. That was beautiful. Uh, so I always uh, close the podcast uh, with uh, a few questions. Okay. And these aren't necessarily related to your obsession. So here we go. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, goodness. Oh, probably cheese. Wonderful answer. If you could shoot anything out of your hands, what would you shoot? Uh, the ability to freeze time. You would shoot frozen time out <laughs> of your hands. That's awesome. And uh, the final question for everyone is, what is happiness? Oh, crimity. Uh I don't know. Uh, we live. We live in Minnesota. Where Where is their happiness? Uh, um, there's happiness everywhere. I'm sure. No, happiness is. Uh, happiness is just what we're doing right now, right? And being. Uh, in being a performer and doing what you do, and just being in this very moment and having no sort of uh, preconceived notions of what the next moment is or what just happened, but just living very much in this moment uh, with a lot of very supportive other people around. Ladies and gentlemen, Tain Danger! You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed.